Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Are we recording? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. <laughs> yes, we are. Go God damn it. That was a legitimate question. I don't need a paranoia in my life. Yes, you do. <laughs> if we did this entire thing and we weren't recording, I would chop your balls off. Shit happens, man. With with fingernail scissors. Oh, rock and roll. All right. Oh, I'm a nervous Nelly. Why? Because this is a freaky one. Uh, yeah, this has not put me in the most. Yeah, this <laughs> is a real <laughs> freaky one. Trusting and happy of moods. I remember when this happened because it was only 2014. It was only six years ago. I don't need. I don't need Five to years know that. Ago, sorry. Um, yeah, and I was I was in this house, and. Uh, I think Pete and I it were reading about it. This very house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. That changed the tone a little bit. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Do You Got? Episode 10. The big one zero, right? Oh, episode 10. Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. I'm sure. Are you sure? Oh, no. No, I don't think you understand. Despite doing all the engineering and processing for this, I have no idea what's going on <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, I pretty much control that part. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We're sorry we're a week late. There is a reason. Um, we forgot. No. Uh, no we forget. <laughs> Your girlfriend is a hole in the side of her head. <laughs> Um, so, episode 10 is coming to you with a very special premise for our Jersey listening folk, which I'm going to guess is most of our fan base if we have one. Um, this is a creepy one, and if you're from Jersey, uh, or even if you're not, maybe you're from the surrounding area, or you just remember this story, uh, this is a really creepy one. We're going to be linking the article that we read, which is from thecut.com. I'm also actually going to post in it the BuzzFeed uh, Unsolved video. Uh, from Ryan and Shane about this. Uh, what we're discussing today, guys, is The Watcher. Um, now, it's important to note that we're only posting a, uh, a comedy video from BuzzFeed because BuzzFeed news isn't really news. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're posting BuzzFeed Unsolved because Ryan and Shane have some pretty decent, uh, some pretty decent re research, if you will. They're so much fun. <laughs> I love them. Um, into this story. So, I'm going to actually pull up the article just so that we can kind of dissect what it's about. Uh, if you don't know or if you want to recap, well, welcome. Uh, what we're talking about today is The Watcher of Westfield, New Jersey. Back in 2014... Fucking Westfield. Yeah, it's one of them rich towns. Yeah. Uh, back in 2014, June of 2014, to be, to be precise, Derek and Marie Brodus uh, had just purchased and started moving in their family with their three kids to a new beautiful home. I believe it was... 1.3 million, I think they said, six-bedroom, uh, 1.3 million dollar home. And yeah, and in 2014, market prices like that's you know that's a that's a large, expensive a home, large sum yeah. of money. Especially we're only I think it was a large market five, at the time. Six years after the economy collapse. Yeah. Um, but Derek and Marie Brodus moved into their new home in Westfield, New Jersey. Marie is actually from Westfield. Uh, and Derek is actually from Maine. Uh, so they moved into the home at 657 Boulevard 
in Westfield three days earlier, and they were doing some renovations. As Derek went to look through the mail, he noticed a white card-shaped envelope in the mailbox and opened it up. As you do. Yes, of course. (laughs) He opened it up. The beginning of it read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. That's nice. That's a nice little welcoming. I enjoy that. Thank you. Thank you for that greeting card. This is so nice. It starts off almost like that really mimetic story of the uh, (laughs) the overly kind gay neighbors in Florida. Did you ever read that one? It's like, (laughs) I can't trump them. They're so nice. They brought lemon squares. (laughs) Oh, I love lemon squares. Who doesn't? I know, right? Seriously. Uh, However, as Derek began to continue to read the letter, it got a little bit more... Ominous, if you will. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of the parts from the letters. Again, I'm reading directly off the cut article. Uh, however, you, there's this is a very long article. There is a ton out there on this story, and there's probably more transcriptions from the article. You can find uh, the letters. like more sort of uh, viral content, one paragraph yes. type recaps yeah. just to get the overview. This of is it. this is more of a very much overarching. Yeah, the cut story. is a great uh, is a great site. Um, so as I continue, this is. The rest of that first letter that Derek received, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches on its 110th birthday, I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letters continued to come. And as Derek and Marie felt a little bit nervous about moving their family in, they brought it up to the detectives in Westfield, uh, a Detective Lugo in particular. Uh, at the beginning, of course, they were just antsy and yeah. worried. Uh, but Fucking the, teenagers. Yeah, but the letters <laughs> continued to come. Uh, and as they moved on, the writer seemed to have noticed the children of the family. As I quote, you have children, I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Um, And then he began to ask, uh, are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Come, children. <laughs> I'll take thee away. <laughs> the envelope had no return address. Uh, who am I, the person wrote. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with the suggestion that this message would not be the last. Quote, welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. Followed by a signature typed in a cursive font, The Watcher. Welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. I love let the party begin. That's it sounds like, like a line from Van Helsing. It's just funny. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's just funny because it's like, you have three children. The young blood would be given to me. Let the party begin. <laughs> It's from a frat house. It starts to rain. It's from a frat house across the street. Zac Efron's now in it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home uh, somewhere else in Westfield. Uh, Maria's Maria's house was actually only a couple blocks from 657. Uh, That night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to to John and Andrea Woods, who were the couple that sold them the house, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be or why he or she had written... uh, they 
had never the uh, the Woods had never received a letter from anybody during the twenty three years that they lived in that house. How the previous family that was occupying yes, the house? the previous family that sold the house to the Broduses. <laughs> However, they did receive a letter from the watcher in the last couple days before the sale was final. Um, Andrea Woods replied the next few mornings. Uh, a few days before moving out, the Woodses had also received a letter from the Watcher. The note had been odd, she said, and made familiar mention of the Watcher's family observing the house over time. But Andrea said she and her husband had never received anything like it in their 23 years in the house, and they threw the letter away without much thought. That day, the Woodses went with Maria to the police station, where Detective Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anyone about the letters, including her new neighbors, most of whom she had never met, all of whom were now suspects, obviously, because small suburban town, they don't know anybody. Over the next coming weeks, uh, Derek and Maria were on high alert. Derek canceled a work trip. Uh, Maria took the kids, uh, whenever she took the kids to the new house, she would yell their names if they wandered into a corner of the yard to make sure that she was still near them. When Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, this part was interesting, he froze when the wife of the couple he was giving a tour to said, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. Mm. That's that's really interesting, and that would, you know, that would kind of, like, probably ping my mind as well. Mm-hmm. However, it's really up to tonality, right? Like, if you say, ah, oh, look at the young blood we're getting in this new neighborhood. Oh, that's cute. That's nice. It's like old people being happy. But if it's like, no, bring me I the, love the young people. Yeah. But if it's like, bring me the young blood as I draw it on the walls, that's eh, a little bit different. It's also the name of my favorite character ever in a black exploitation film. Young Blood? Young Blood Priest. What's that from? That's uh, there's this movie called Superfly. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. The greatest soundtrack of all time by Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> that's the name of the pimp slash dope dealer. <laughs> Young Blood Priest. Uh, two weeks after the first letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check the mail. She recognized the black lettering on a card-shaped envelope. She called the police. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster's a nice touch. Have they found what's inside the walls yet? In time, they will. The letter continued. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the <laughs> secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who is the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Brodus family. It's important to note that he does misspell their last name. Um, welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. As time went on, Derek and Maria started to get obviously paranoid over what was happening. As you do. Yeah, as I would too. (laughs) I would probably shit myself each night. Um, Derek set up plenty of webcams and security feeds all around the house. He would stay up nights and just watch the camera feed to see if anyone was around. They went to a barbecue um, that they were invited to by their neighbors, and they silently sat in the corner scanning the neighbors. There were a lot of suspects, obviously. However, one was the most 
prominent suspect to the family, which was Michael Langford. The Langfords lived a couple houses down from where Derek and Maria had just moved in at 657. Uh, The owner of the house, I believe her name was Gloria Langford. I didn't write down the mother's name. She was in her 90s, might still be alive. Um, In her 90s, all of her six children, who were all in their 60s, also lived with her. They were known as an oddball family, and people have compared Michael Langford, one of the sons, to a Boo Radley-type character. Um, They were odd, but they didn't seem harmful. (laughs) There have been plenty of times where neighbors had uh, seen Michael walking through yards on the street, peeking in through windows. So this obviously became uh, the number one suspect to Derek and Maria. They had Detective Lugo interview, or I don't even know if he actually got to interview him, but they had him kind of look out for him as a suspect, and they unfortunately couldn't come up with anything. Um, the timing does make sense, however, as Michael's father had died 12 years prior. And in one of the Watcher letters, which I just read, he says that he had been watching for nearly two decades. The Langford family had moved in in the 60s, which is when he says that his father started watching 657. Interesting. Um, so you do have these kind of, like, timelines that do match up. There are a couple other suspects, uh, that the detectives sort of looked into, Uh, And if you do watch the BuzzFeed Unsolved video, they'll go into this a little bit more. Uh, One of the suspects was just a gentleman named The Gamer, who they found because (laughs) a car had stopped outside 657 Boulevard uh, at one night for like an hour. They traced the car back to a woman who said her boyfriend used her car every once in a while and he had played video games that were similar to like, I don't know, scary dark tonal video games. Uh, One of the detectives did say that from his memory, he thought the video game, the gamer played a character named The Watcher. However, as you'll get into the BuzzFeed Unsolved article... Um, he was clearly just playing The Witcher. Exactly. <laughs> there is a very good chance. People who don't play video games, they're not going to remember video game things, right? Ah, he might have said The Watcher. He might have said Watch Dogs. He might have said The Witcher. Yeah. Who knows? Hey, I bought you that Yugi Man video game <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, the gamer, quote-unquote, was said to have agreed to do an interview, an interrogation, um, but he never showed up. And they didn't have anything that they could charge him on, so they weren't able yeah. to just bring him in, obviously. <laughs> the third person who was a suspect, other than Michael Langford, was um, the Brodises themselves, actually. Uh, a lot of people think that it's very strange that the Brodises, who started at a $300,000 home somewhere in New Jersey, uh, Derek moved up in his company very quickly and went to a $1.3 million home only a couple years after the economy crashed. So there are people who suspect that they might have been over their heads financially, so the only way they could get out of the house was by trying to bring on this, this story so that they could get out. They attempted to split the plot by turning it into two houses. However, it was rejected by the Housing Commission for being three feet too short. Yeah, zoning boards are uh, a nightmare to deal with. This is the interesting part, though. A couple years later, maybe one or two years later, the zoning board approved a split plot which had a larger uh, uh, difference in size by another house that was a couple blocks away from 657. So not only did they reject the Brodus's attempt to split the plot into two because of three feet, but they approved another split plot, which had a larger uh, <laughs> range between them that was How more than three feet. Go? Right? So it's interesting because you got to think about it as like, I wonder, are there 
You know, like, is it is it a town thing? Like, are they like, oh, this new family, this new money, we don't want them here. Get out of here. You know? like In Westfield? <laughs> yeah. It's very, which is funny because Maria grew up there, right? Um, it is very funny because, or, or very, not funny in a humorous way, but funny in an a, 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 interesting way, uh, that that would be rejected and then approved by the housing board mm-hmm. for another for another home. Um, the Broduses ended up renting out the house, and they actually put in the clause for the rent that, like, if you receive a letter, we will break your lease if you want to. Um, one of the families that did end up renting the house did receive a letter. However, they stayed. Uh, they said, as long as you put in more cameras, we're fine. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone actively in the house right now. I, I did look up on Google Maps the satellite. It's a beautiful house. It's gorgeous. Um, it's a nice, nice big six six. Uh, bedroom. Damn, like a, it's like a light blue. It's it's a very beautiful yeah, house. A six bedroom home for one uh, one, one two three. One three. I think it was one three. One three. It's like that's that's a that's a steal. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, there's there's a lot around it, um, and and we, you know, we can't go fully into detail through this entire podcast. Would just be talking about the story. Yeah, uh, we got to get to our. So film. is there a is there <laughs> a button on the end of this, or is just as, that that's just it? That's as far as I'm aware. There's not. Okay. Um, which is the reason I wasn't able to come up with an ending for my film. Um, well, that's all there is. I uh, yeah, guess I, I got to s- ask the question. Yeah, please do. What do you got? All right. So, I came up with a suburban horror. Okay. Uh, very much in the vein of like Rear Window and Suburbia. Maybe a little bit in the vein of like Us or Get Out. Mm-hmm. Some Jordan Peele style going on in there. I mixed it a little bit with Prisoners as well. Sick. I had trouble going for my director because I was choosing between two of my absolute all-time favorite directors. Mm-hmm. I was going to go with um, Denis Veneuve. Denis Veneuve. yes. Denis Veneuve, uh, who directed Prisoners, directed Blade Runner 2047. Uh, uh, Sicario, Arrival, Soon, the upcoming Dune, Dune uh, one of the absolute best directors out there. I did end up, however, going with Fincher. Okay. I chose okay. Fincher, um, I think mainly for Zodiac. And for my cast, I got four characters. I've got Derek and Maria, I've got Detective Lugo, and I chose Michael Langford because I wanted him to be my main suspect. Um, my cast of characters, Derek is a Fincher alum, played by Mark Ruffalo. Sick. For Maria, his wife, I chose Kerry Washington because I really would love to see Fincher director. I cannot fucking believe that you just said that. Did you choose Kerry? I choose Kerry Washington. As Maria? As Maria. Yes, that's good. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened. We've chosen the same person. Yeah. That's awesome. We have different male leads, though. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, for Detective Lugo, I chose Edgar Ramirez, uh, who is from Deliver Us from Evil mm-hmm. um, and a couple other things. And for Michael Langford, I chose Jeffrey Rush. Ooh. Uh, I wanted someone... Weird reprise of Shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed, obviously needed someone in their 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a list of like a couple different people. I was going to choose some people a little bit younger. I was going to go with Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go with like Colin Firth. But I chose Jeffrey Rush because, man, it's fucking creepy. He's weird. <laughs> He's <laughs> great. Yeah. I love him. Um, and I would also very much love to see him directed by Fincher. I think that could be an awesome pair. Intriguing. Yeah. So my film is uh, basically the paranoia, similar to Zodiac, where mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo's detective, uh, Toski, Dave Toski, mm-hmm. uh, kind of goes down that rabbit hole along with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Um, 
But it is the paranoia building of Derek and Maria kind of just going through this uh, at the house. I want the whole film to kind of... It doesn't have to take place solely in the house, but like I would like most of the film to take place We've on the street. We've already done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, very much like Elm Street, right? Like I want the street to be very recognizable. Yeah, it's got to be the part of the character of the film. Yes. Uh, so the whole film, most of it takes place there, whether they're at their house, at another person's house. I have them at that barbecue. Uh, I have the scene there where they're kind of just watching everybody. Mm-hmm keeping a very close eye on their three children. I didn't cast the children because I wasn't going to go looking for like six, eight, and ten-year-old actors because yeah. just don't know many yeah. uh, unless I choose Joe. Also, the FBI is going to notice if you're just... <laughs> looking at children? Looking yeah. Up, like, mm, who are some good children? Eight to ten-year-olds ten in my area. I'm good at saying what I want them to say. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Eight to ten-year-olds near me in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Talented. <laughs> Talented eight to ten. Oh, God. <laughs> However, if I had to choose, I would obviously put in Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. Because he's fantastic. He's a great little actor. Um, but, yeah, so I, I chose that cast. I wrote down, actually, f- five to six different titles. I got a, I got a lot here. Okay. Um, obviously, The Watcher. Mm-hmm. The other one I came up with was just 657 Boulevard, which I kind of like. Um, I came up with Branded. I came up with Friend of the Family, mm-hmm. and I came up with From the Street or From the Street Corner. I'm not sure which I like better there. Mm-hmm. I think I like From the Street Corner. Um, okay. It's kind of Last House on the on Left the a little bit. <laughs> it's it's a little bit Last House on the Left, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole film would take place in the ta- on the street uh, uh, boulevard in, in Westfield, New Jersey. Um, you know, beautiful million dollar houses. Fincher's directing style, I think, would fit perfectly into this suburban sure style. I have I have the Brodus family as suspects, mm-hmm. not like you know from the from the from the town's perspective. So are we are we centering on the police officer as your main character? No, or I'm who not. Are we centering on? I'm centering on the family. Okay. So it's on Derek and Maria mostly. All right. The detective is there, but he's not going to be. It's I don't want the movie to focus on him solving the case. I want the movie to focus on Derek and Maria trying to solve the case. I like it. Um, What's sort of the the arc of of what the plot's going to be? Do you think the that was my problem, right? Because I can't think of an ending. Mm-hmm. I don't want there to be any conclusive evidence to who the watcher is. I don't know if I want to tip the audience in the direction of Langford. Or if I just want them to like think of him as a suspect and we never end up knowing. Similar to Zodiac, mm-hmm. right? They, in Zodiac, they go towards, um, oh my god, uh, uh, I mean, John Carroll Lynch's Carole Lynch. character. Yeah, I forget the, the, the fellow that they were. Lee, uh, Lee. Was it Arthur Lee Allen? Arthur Lee Allen, thank you. Something like that? Yes. They always have three names. Yeah, always. You ever notice that? Fucking serial killers. Like, if I shoot the president, I don't get to be Rob Diggerson anymore. I'm going to be Robert Thomas Diggerson. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Which, for those of you that don't know, I'm a huge Zodiac fan, not only of the movie, but of the story as well. I always found it interesting that Arthur Lee Allen suffered from a heart attack as they were going to investigate him in the 90s because one of the survivors of the Lake Berryessa attacks in the 90s, uh, pointed him out uh, as the suspect that he saw. Yeah. I'm sorry, not Lake Berryessa. It was the um, the July 4th murders. Right, right. On the, that was on the streets, right? Yeah, played by uh, Jimmy Simpson. Uh, as the that older was Jimmy version. Simpson? Yeah, the oh, very wow. end of Zodiac, that was him. Yeah, um, Jimmy Simpson. So, yeah, I always found it interesting that Arthur Lee Allen died right before they could interrogate him mm-hmm. again. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's my biggest problem here. That's why I want to pitch this one together because I'm really not sure mm-hmm. what I wanted to do with this film besides studying it from that paranoia aspect. Oh yeah, and the husband and wife kind of just freaking out. I don't. Yeah. These are hard movies to end. I mean, even yeah. Amityville Horror, which is a, a spectacular film, just ends with, all right, we got to get out of the house, and yeah. one last bad thing happens, yeah. and we get out of the house. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to have a hard pin put no, at the end of it. I think what it could be is a nice open-ended where maybe they move out, and then one final letter comes in. Just say, like, you don't even read the letter, but maybe the... the, the um, the envelope mm-hmm. on the outside says to the new owners of 657 or something like that. Just so you know, the watcher is still there. Yeah. Hi, neighbor. Um, I'm, I'm vastly interested in this story, though, because it's it's only five years ago. This this guy is still around. This could still be happening. And mm-hmm. I, I, I want to keep looking because the, the last I heard about it was 2018 when they, they received their last letter. So only last year. Um, Fuck. So I really want to know, like, what's going on. I would love to go visit the house. Yeah. But then, but then again, I don't like, want to drive yeah. around it and then have the cops be like, you, you. <laughs> yeah, we have this all the time. Get out of here. <laughs> Fucking um, millennials. But I, I do recommend at least going to Google uh, Maps, going to Satellite View and Street View and checking out the house because, God damn, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful street. <laughs> um, fuck. I would totally buy that house. Yeah, New Jersey is a great place to buy a house. It is. Fuck all y'all Jersey haters. It's a great <laughs> state. Um, that's pretty much everything I got. Mm-hmm. So, Rob... What do you got? Now I have to confess, uh, I um, I had planned out a whole thing uh, up until about five hours ago, uh, when I had an epiphany on the car in the car on the way to Costco. Uh, now originally I had planned an H.P. Lovecraft story hmm. uh, with Ari Aster as my director, Ooh. Uh, with Oscar Isaac and Kerry Washington as the broadest family. <laughs> Uh, and I started plotting it out, and I came up with a title, and it was a quote from one of the letters. It's, do you know what's in the walls? Mm. Um, cause I love, like, there's these, all these exploitation movies in the 70s that yeah. have long names like this, like, don't go near the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had this whole thing about it being this long-time sort of cult thing of, like, you know, the house is going to be the site of a thing, uh, the return of some dark elder god or its spawn or something. And I was, okay. was going to do... Like, a, little, a little cabin in the woods, like the ending? Well, yeah, I've always wanted to do my own H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah. And I was planning that for a while until uh, I woke up this morning and I was thinking more about it and going through it in my head and, and going over the story again that you had sent me. And on the way to Costco, it finally clicked to me. This is a scam. From the Broduses or... Nope. This is a real estate scam. Huh. Which is why the title of my newest version of this is Buyer's Market. Okay. Because my favorite piece of science fiction horror storytelling of all time is by the great Rod Serling, and it's called The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Hell yeah, one of the best Twilight Zone episodes of all time. People are very easy to freak out. Uh-huh. It's very easy to get people to turn on each other. Now, you've, you've mentioned that this is six years after the beginning of the recession, mm-hmm. the collapse of the real estate market across the United States. Yes. It's a beautiful house you can get for just over a million dollars. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I want to do a film that is your film, but only for about half of it before we shift focus and we see where the letters are coming from. And we do do add some paranormal stuff that the family is perceiving. So you want to flip it on its side. I do want to flip it on its side and show that there is a scheme by the head of the town zoning committee the real estate agent who planned, who uh, sold the house to hmm. them, and oh. by the previous owners to keep flipping the house. 
I love it. Before we can, uh, before we go on, I would like to point out that I believe the or I, I don't believe I know the Broduses have gotten plenty of offers from movie companies, so there probably is a movie in development probably. for this at some point. Yep. Uh, but fuck that. This is our podcast. Keep yeah. going, Rob. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's the crux of my idea is that um, I ultimately, like, although I love the paranormal in in uh, fiction, yeah, uh, I don't believe in it. Yeah. So I know that. Nothing weird is happening. There might just be a crazy guy writing them letters. Yeah. Or, like, I really enjoy the idea of somebody doing a scheme. Not only that, but... To constantly flip a house but, but, or get people to constantly rent it out. Yeah, yeah, And but get fees out of it. Real people are also just more scary. Because yeah. <laughs> it's real. It could happen. So my my revised cast is, is Oscar Isaac and, and Carrie Washington as the married couple uh, with Jessica Chastain as their real estate agent. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson as the head of the town uh, zoning committee, mm. and Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara as the previous owners of the house. Oh, Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara, I love that. Forever and ever till the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so essentially I want to do your movie, but only for half of for our runtime. I love that. That's great. <laughs> this It occurred to me today. As I was like, God, I wonder what the answer is, and it's it's Occam's Razor, man. So, okay, so in in your idea, uh, what what... What is the flip? Halfway through, at middle of Act Two, what's the flip? I'm not. I'm not sure. So, so like in the first half, we have my film where it's mm-hmm. the suburban horror. You've got the characters receiving these letters, all paranoid and stuff. Mm-hmm. At what point? Uh, what is it to the audience? Oh, what is it to the characters? Um, so I just want to ask Isaac to just burst out the front door of the house and then kneel down on the lawn and do that just like Shawshank oh, <laughs> type of, of, of thing. Okay, yeah. The camera pulls back into a house, back, you know, across the street and to the left that's also up for sale. Oh. Uh, where Jessica Chastain is just kind of like having um, uh, having tea with uh, Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara and, and Tim Blake Nelson. They're just watching and noting that this is going very well. Okay, so... Because it's almost like I'm trying to flip the script and have it cease being an Ari Aster film and become a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Okay, so <laughs> so for the whole first half, you think the Watcher's a real person. You think there's yeah. someone out there that's been doing this for years and decades and decades and decades, yeah. focusing on this, this house and making sure no one moves in or the people that do move in offer them their blood. Oh, yeah. And I, then you just... Not just the letters. Like, I come up with a few things. Like, the family dog goes missing and, yeah. like, uh, the next day, and they're freaking out and they can't find him and nobody's seen him. And the next day, there's a ring at the doorbell and the dog just there, but like there's no one around, like little things, like tied to the like, porch or something. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, feel like you know, you need to with a back. note, like you need to pay more attention, mm-hmm. uh, and and just have different things like that, or like you know, the uh, the floodlight in the backyard keeps going off at weird hours of the night, and there's mm. nothing out there, things like that that are just like, oh, what's going on? Is it a ghost? Is it a cult? Yeah, I did, I did have fun like coming up with an H.P. Lovecraft cult story, but then I'm like, ah, it's been done. I I like that though that. W- it can go all those different directions because we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. For the first half, we can have it go in all those different directions so the audience is like, yeah. oh shit, is it supernatural? Is it, is it a cult? Is it the demon? Is yeah. there something in the walls? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you just pull back and you see. So what's the point of the like what's the point of them flipping the house? Like, what's the real estate's perspective? What are they trying to do? As a, I mean, as a real estate agent, every time you sell the house, you get a commission. Okay. So it's from so would that in your opinion, would she be splitting that commission with the the Woods family? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that'd be the idea it. that they would, you know, kind of always be back in, or maybe I don't know. There's a, a default clause in the contract where they can uh, 
within a certain period of time say we, we'd like to cancel the sale actually mm. and uh, the house goes back to the Woods family and, and the cycle can start again hmm do you have and, and someone like Nelson can be inefficient at the at the town who's he's who, efficient who, at everything he <laughs> can just make oh. it be sort of like yeah you know they were trying to uh, to parse up the land for rental, and we just couldn't have that. And now they're going around saying it's haunted. It's just a couple of kooks coming in, trying to divide up all these nice houses. <laughs> you get him doing his southern accent, even though it's fucking Westfield. Um, he's, uh, he's from Oklahoma. Is he? He's yeah. an Oklahoma Jew. Oklahoma which Jew. Is not the a original name of a musical. Think, <laughs> yeah, which is not a sentence you would ever think you're going to say. It's yeah. a guy from Oklahoma with that accent. Yeah, right. Um, do you have... So do you, do you have a singular suspect like Michael Langford through the first half or is it only like yeah, yeah. It's, it's one thread that we dangle because okay. I really want to confuse people as much as we are going for half of this film to confuse uh, the broadest family yeah uh, which I, I think the, only, the initial reason I went with Carrie Washington is just because Broadus is Snoop Dogg's real last name. So like when I was reading huh. the article, they, default, they defaulted to a black family in my head. Okay. So I was saying, all right, I'll do a family color. I'll do Oscar Isaac and Carrie Washington just because I like looking at both those people. I love looking at both of those people. <laughs> um, I love that we both chose Carrie Washington. That's interesting. It's the first time that we've ever been able to. Uh, Other than Jay Baruchel. Yeah, which is basically a contrived notion at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because that is the entire premise of Nuked. Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. Um, (laughs) Okay, so wait, yeah, this is great. I love this. Um, I, no offense, I don't like the title, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure we could, what was the first one you said? Do you know what's in the walls? Yeah, it's a quote from um, uh, the one of the letters. I do like that because it's very 70s horror. Yeah. Last House on the Left, all those movies. It's an easier way to trick people, too. Buyer's Market isn't a horror movie title. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also, yeah, I think that also kind of tips off the the second act plot twist. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know what's in the walls I like? From the street corner I like. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't go with the 657 Boulevard. It just doesn't fit. The Watcher, no. Uh, but we do, we keep that, you know, that that character, the Watcher, throughout. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a cult of people, a group of people, or if it's one suspect or a ghost. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, that's the name. It, it, all of those different uh, avenues go by. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the first ha- so the first half we do, what did, what did Ari Aster uh, direct again? Um, Hereditary and... Oh, okay, and, that's uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. Okay. That's Ari Aster. I thought so. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm curious because I would love to see. Like, I feel like that could very much be his vein. Yeah. Well, I did. I did switch. He was mine for the cult movie uh, when I when I switched over to. Oh, the did scam. you switch directors no, too? Yeah, I switched to Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't say that. Um, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan Peele. Yeah. Jordan's um, funny as shit. Yeah, I think that would be a great great turn because uh, it's kind of like. The opposite turn of Get Out. Yeah, his, his uh, Get Out and Us have have turn you know great sort of twists in them, but they're don't twists don't about... spoil us though because I still haven't actually seen. Okay, them. yeah, but <laughs> they are twists about yes. what the thing is. Yes, uh, and and the nature of the horror of it. In this, the twist is that there is no horror. Yeah, I really like that. People expect there to be like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, you know, two-thirds of the way through a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. It's, it's, as long as we don't do it like the fucking boy. 
Did you see that movie with the, Lauren Cohen? No, you brought that up to me before. Yeah. it's like the, he's in the walls. And yeah. Like it's, doll and... I love the whole first half of the movie because it's all creepy, supernatural. You think the doll is possessed. Nope. It's just the kid grew up and the family kept him in the walls and he's just like pretending to be this doll. Hey, it's, it's spoiler alert, but <laughs> it came out a couple years ago. But um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's not a good twist uh, because it turns from a supernatural into a slasher. Yep. And it's just not a good fill. Um, so we start off halfway through. Uh, I think I was, you know, it's interesting. I was gonna go Jordan Peele as well for mm-hmm. my director. So I think that's, I think that's a good get. Um, Fincher's one of my all-time favorites. We'll use him at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Denis. Um, so we go with Jordan Peele. I'm fine with Oscar Isaac uh, along with Kerry Washington. Um, do we bring in the detective at all? Yeah, of course. Okay, so we can bring in the detective Lugo. Uh, I wouldn't mind throwing Ruffalo into that just because yeah, I love sure. Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, Michael Langford can keep Jeffrey Rush. Yep. Uh, you said Jessica Chastain as the yeah, real estate? Yeah, she's worked with Oscar Isaac a couple times and they have really good chemistry, so I'd, I'd like to kind of invert that and have yeah. her not have to be his uh, his wife in a movie. Yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of play opposite each other. I like that. Um, so that's great. So for the first half, we do go through, we go through the barbecue scene. We have them like looking for mm-hmm. suspects. Uh, there's cult happenings that they might be looking into. There's supernatural things. Um, we we can even like fill it with like the real estate agent like tricking shit in the house. You know, like yeah, I would, that's going to be a big part of the, the the I guess second half or maybe last third of of the movie for me. It's just you know showing a little bit of how they did things that happened before. Yeah, and how they're doing other things, and how they can just so you can prey on people's paranoia to make very innocuous things. Uh, seem really creepy. Like yeah. I want uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara to bake up like some really nice cookies and leave them in tinfoil on the porch. Yeah. And uh, but not have a note on them. Yep. They're just going to immediately and think they're like, poisoned. Nope. Poison. Yep. Poison. Exactly. That's it's yeah. Just, that's that's the monsters yeah. they do on Maple Street. But, I mean, the the ending of that is literally just the aliens being like, you shut off a couple. You know, mm-hmm. house lights and the whole town will go crazy. It's, it mm-hmm. just causes mass hysteria. Circuit breaker on the side of the house. All yeah. I gotta do is flip it, and they, you know, they think they're being invaded. Yep. When people don't know an answer to something, mass hysteria causes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you do simple things like that. Like you, so even even like some really cool stuff. Like you know, the the child's tricycles in the in the driveway. They move it to the backyard. You know, mm-hmm. so, like small things like that that mm-hmm. start to build up. Yep. Um, you, you can you can make a puzzle fit together if you got enough pieces to yeah. jam at each other. And it's <laughs> I like I like that it's not just one person. It's not just the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. It's the family from it's prior. Yeah. Um, and it's even the zoning commission. Uh, those type of things are great because it's these. It's it, it then just yeah. becomes this movie of watching how much they can fuck with this family. Yeah. And just knowing that it's there's a history. It's been tried as a concept before, but it's never been good. Yeah. Like that, it, it's an utterly forgettable film. It's Ben Stiller and somebody else did this movie called Duplex. Oh, I love Duplex. Uh, it was Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Where, like, uh, they have a really shitty old neighbor. Yeah. And it's just like, how much can she abuse them until they leave and we can sell the Duplex yep. again? Like, yeah. Well, that's kind of boring because, like, I own this now just because you're a shitty neighbor. I'll just wait for you to die. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the burbs a little they, bit. They, like, they tried to do some black comedy stuff, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And um, once I realized that I'm like, oh, somebody's perpetrating a scam here, I'm like, oh, it's probably a real estate scam, but, like, better than duplex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you need... 
to actually find a reason for people to go through a lot of legal and tax paperwork. Yeah. Other than this Irish woman is being shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they own the house for a couple of years. I'm pretty sure the Brodus's still own it. Um, can, play, can play up Tim Blake Nelson having a creepy accent. Just play. Uh, we'd like to uh, partition the property and, and, and uh, you know develop it for for this and this. Oh no, no, we can't do that. That yeah. land can't be divided. Yeah. Well, you're it about must. three feet too short. I don't yeah. know what we're going to tell you. I mean, <laughs> numbers just don't add up. <laughs> the land has to stay. Home. It's it's interesting. <laughs> oh, I love that line. <laughs> and it's just like the land. It, has if to you stay see it in a trans, yeah, if you see it in a transcript. It's it's not creepy. It's, yeah. You did it wrong. Land has to stay whole. But, but it, when Tim Blake Nelson says home. it, and it's a close-up on his smile. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, it's a cult. <laughs> like, well, that went well. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, He's man. a delightful human. I love him so much. He's so great. <laughs> He's great. He plays a cop on uh, Watchmen. Uh, very, I need to start watching. Very it. cool secret identity. I haven't started watching it yet. He's the he's the police interrogation specialist, and he wears a completely reflective mask. Nice. It's very creepy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, that's I love like it. it. Like, yeah, I mean, I love it. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's I, I'm interested. Like, I'm trying to think of like not that this yeah. this is our podcast. We make this shit up. I'm wondering what the legality of it would be if someone actually bought the rights to this movie. You know, like obviously. That's uh, slander or mm-hmm. whatever libel or I don't know. It's I don't know legal shit. But like about about no, the family just now. Don't, don't, don't use their names and change it. To, it would it wouldn't yeah. be able to be like probably Westfield, New Jersey yeah. and things like that. We'll do it in uh, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> or somewhere no no let's do it uh, in New England. Let's bring King in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been done. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Like uh, so, I'm okay. Do you think the twist happens halfway through? Or is it more towards the third act? I would um, think it's the beginning of the third yeah, act. Yeah, let's top it off in the third act. Yeah, because I, 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 I love I'm that. Excited. I love that imagery, though, of Oscar Isaacs just running outside, like, just screaming. You know, it's like the camera's circling around. He's turning right, camera's clockwise to yeah. him. Long and it's just one turning shot, around. Just camera on the jabber or at, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you wear it. Steady cam. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And just like, back. And then it just, and it just backs up into a, a house across the street. Yep. And it's, uh, it's an it's, open house going on. It's just, just we're there with the other ones. Just like, drinking some fucking tea. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Fuck. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it ends. I don't, yeah, we, we that's the problem. Like, do we, it, it can't end happy. Um, yeah, let's, let's have them at their wits ends and, uh. We can either have it in more like think, the way things have happened in real life, which is that they just start renting the property out to multiple people. Yeah. Uh, in which case, we can have the town, uh, you know, be collecting from that every month. There's a certain tax you got to pay. Or, yeah, I'm or trying renters to... rights, you know, and that's that, you know that's where this cabal is getting, you know, some weekly money from. Or we can have it be, you know, the cycle continuing and Oscar Isaac and Kara Washington moving their family out of there and just like them. And go, then the next family coming we go, in. We go back to the real estate office and she's just photocopying the same initial letter that we saw. Okay, yeah, from yeah. From the watcher, just yep. like photocopying, like, like making 50 copies of it. Just so they can keep sending it out to multiple yep. houses, not even and just that this could be, one. And that, that could be our fade to credits image. It's just like multiple editions of that letter coming out of a copy machine. Yes, yeah. but, ooh, but. The end of it is as they're all coming out, she's signing in cursive the watcher. Yes. At the bottom of the letter each time on I each copy. It. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I wanted Jessica Chastain to play a really good villain for a while. Yeah, not Phoenix. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> not see it. Phoenix. I don't have a reason to see it. <laughs> I didn't see it either. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I love I that. I like this movie. <laughs> I like this movie, too. This might be another one we have to start focusing on. Mm. Although we do have to... How Did you end up transcribing any of Nukes? I keep trying. It's very hard because we're just shouting at each other and overlapping. I think, yeah, I think we just need to sit I down think I'm just, together. You know what I'm going to try and do is not because I've been trying to just write out everything we said. Yeah. I'm just going to try and make a bullet point list of it. That's a good idea. I think we need to sit down together to do that one. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, we once I get that done, I'll let you know. Yeah, we need, a, idea. we need we'll to storyboard it, it and then just come down with the script and start start putting together. Fucking get up, come on, get down with us <laughs> with the scriptness. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't heard the story of the Watcher, please definitely go watch the BuzzFeed video, read the articles. It's it's really fucking creepy. Um, I would love to think that it really is just like one of their neighbors actually <laughs> just sending up these letters, who's constantly watching this house. I would love to think that. I'm always interested in wondering why that one house. Like, what? He says, as far as I've been able to read, he says, like, have you found what's in the walls yet? I I don't see anything in any article saying what if they've, like, torn open any walls or anything like that. But, like, I'm wondering, like... I'd be interested to know if there's actually something like fucking money or something, you know? Like Nazi gold. <laughs> no, I've, that's one of my next pitches. Nazi. Ooh. Well, there's a little hint for our uh, listeners out there and for me. A lot um, of Nazi gold. <laughs> I don't even know what the next one is. It's a real story. That's awesome. Uh, guys, this has been episode 10. We are going to go to 15 episodes per season. Um, we haven't mentioned that yet. Uh each season will be 15 episodes. We've only episodes. just been figuring out exactly how we yeah. want to structure this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, 15 episode seasons, then we'll probably do like a two-month break between so that we can possibly reformat some things. We got some awesome, We've got some awesome ideas coming for episode 14 and 15 uh, with how we want to plan those two as like the finales. Very special episodes. Uh, hope you guys stay tuned for those. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, hope you've enjoyed what we've done so far. I think we've got some really good stories here. And guys, remember, if you're listening to this, if one of these strike your fancy, write it. Put it together. Put yeah. pen to paper. You know, like, we just want to inspire writing, whether it's through us, whether it's our own writing, whether it's you guys doing some things. Uh, send us articles. Send us things you found, crazy stories from history. It doesn't need to be modern. It doesn't even need to be from this last century. It can be from the 1400s, whatever. Uh, last episode we did 16th, uh, 17th century Russia. <laughs> you know, like, I, we we go all over the place with this stuff. I got some fun feedback about that one. Did you? I want to hear it. Um... We go all over the place with this stuff, and we want to we want to get articles not only from us, but from our fans as well. So if you guys have anything, please, uh, number one thing for us is review us on iTunes. Uh, comment wherever you listen to us, Spotify, whatever. Uh, not Spotify, Stitcher. Spotify. <laughs> I was like, I think you have to pay for Spotify. Um, Stitcher, Podcasts, Podbean, wherever. That's where we host. Uh, share us on Facebook, please. We're on Twitter, WDYG Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, WDYG Podcast, WDYG Podcast at gmail.com. Email us. Um, do it. Do it. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We want to keep doing this. We want more people to listen. Uh, and I, I think that's all I've got. I don't know. Do you have anything? No, that's it for me. Uh, so, I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 